Welcome back to another edition of the Seattle Suckers Report. Uh, that was my bike uh, horn. I just arrived on the boat. I'm joined here. I'm Colin, by the way. Uh, I just assume you suckers know that by now. And I'm here with Captain Greg and Captain Brian Platt. Ahoy, ahoy, Colin. Ahoy, ahoy. Yeah, ahoy, ahoy, everybody. We are back on the boat again, doing our thing, uh, getting ready for the fourth, duct taping some sparklers together, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> By the way, I did not know that sparkler bombs were a thing until I moved to the Pacific Northwest. So thank you, the people of uh, Seattle, for teaching me how to make bigger explosions. That, with is, your fireworks. that is our culture. Yep. If you're just tuning in to the suckers portion of our content for the first time it is mostly about terrorism and how, <laughs> and how to do it making advice yeah. sedition violence against the you state know, that kind of stuff what's really funny is when i was a very young kid uh there was this they tried to build a neighborhood behind my parents neighborhood but they, somehow, <laughs> they tried well they Ryan <laughs> wasn't having any of it <laughs> Well, he didn't know about sparkler bombs, but there's other ways to uh, to blow the tracks off. Of okay? like, well, I, I'm not entirely sure what happened. Remember that you know the sticky bomb? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Ryan, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Ryan invented those. <laughs> I just invented having a really gross sock. But but they, <laughs> we went in the back and they they failed to build this neighborhood. I don't know why, but they have blasted these channels for the roads because everything in Texas is just rocks. So you have to like blow everything up to like jesus and so there was these big like rock you know gullies or whatever and we'd go back there and we would make bombs right because mm-hmm. we were kids in mm-hmm. texas and there was a cable access tv show in san Antonio called the worst show <laughs> that literally gave like bomb recipes <laughs> out on air and we'd stay up and watch it like my brother would be like taking notes Hell yeah. <laughs> go and like blow things up in the backyard which I, mean, I think is probably was not responsible of the cable access channel in uh, San Antonio. Probably hey, man, information wants to be free. <laughs> Which is why you've all signed up <laughs> for our Patreon. Uh, yeah, disregard you. that last comment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cut that. Well, when please. they watch our cable access, That's does cable wrong. access exist anymore? Is that a thing? Can you it, have a cable access show? I there is a Seattle channel which I thought was public, but I don't think no, they're public shows. They don't, no, that, that's it's not public access. Right. Um, Boo. I don't know if there is still public access. I I wonder. I wonder. I don't know. That's a good question. Nobody has. Now it's just YouTube. Only fucking old weird people have um, cable anymore. Yeah. So today's children are gonna watch UHF. Well, and they're just not gonna understand <laughs> it. They, yeah, they'll get the vibe though because they have YouTube. Because yeah. <laughs> public access, like, is just YouTube before its time. Mm-hmm. Well, and the idea that the guy who's the popular kids show host is also like a, a irretrievably racist guy will also ring for them as yeah. matching their YouTube experience. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> mm, weird. Time is a flat circle. Uh, well, yeah, we're back. We're on the boat. Uh, we're only doing mild, mild preparations for violence against the state parody. Uh <laughs> 
But uh, as we hinted in our last public episode, we're going to be talking about dumping. Dumping on that trail. Hell yeah, someone's, someone found my spot, yo. So, so I saw this fucking article in the Seattle Times, and people, our patrons might remember that we... Uh, read another story about finding shit on a trail that yeah. I still can't get over. Like every time I think about it, I it, just, it almost killed you. Myself. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It, seriously. He, sometimes he it, just laughs. Hearing like, it read out loud. I listened to it in the car and I almost died again <laughs> in rush hour traffic because I just couldn't control myself. And I feel like I've, I feel like I'm discovering them in the matrix because I cut to the Seattle times and I find, Essentially, the same article being written. I think it's that you just took the brown pill, Brian. (laughs) That wasn't that wasn't the pill you wanted to take. Exactly. But uh, if you're if you're new and you haven't heard that episode, it was with Comrade Cerveza, and it was sometime in May. Yes, we invited a guest on the boat so that we could spend. Roughly, conservatively, forty-five minutes talking, laughing about a guy talking about dumping shit, yeah, and like getting shit in his mouth and like <laughs> rolling around in shit with his dog. And, like, I gotta leave your picnic. My child is covered in shit. <laughs> you know, normal problems that we all have. Look, you guys said me shitting in parks and on trails wasn't praxis, okay? And you are fucking, you are fucking uh, eating your words now while those people are eating my shit. (laughs) Oh, I want to just point out that not only did Brian turn his head for that laugh, but was literally holding his mic out. At arm's length in the other direction. He didn't want to hurt you. I was chided so, by... I was personally assaulted on Twitter. Yeah, wait, who's going to give us 50 bucks? Who, who oh, is it that's going to give us 50 bucks? I want to say uh, Jake. Is that the... That guy's name? Let me... Albert Einstein. Oh, because I'm pretty sure this is going to be the teaser of this episode. <laughs> and that guy is getting added because I want that money. <laughs> get that money. Oh, uh, so let's get... Yeah, fuck that guy. Let's get to the shit. We got it. We got to get to that shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Just uh, my kids covered in shit. We gotta leave. It's so fucking good. Oh man! God damn it! Where is it? Yeah, it was Jake. Yeah, Jacob at Stukov. S T U K H O V. You uh, you heard it here. You owe us some money. Yeah, because we're not peeking in your your eardrums no more. Exactly. Hopefully. And I consider your tweet to be violence, <laughs> and it has been reported. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, did we want to read this thing or just wait the first yeah. like three paragraphs? We gotta get it. to the shit. I have so, to hear the my, how my handiwork is affecting people's lives. Yeah. Well <laughs> yes, you've been oh god damn it. I just got paywalled. Uh Colin is getting slapped by the Seattle Times. Isn't it the first right now? How are you already getting fucking slapped? Dude, I've been a busy, naughty little <laughs> news stealing boy. <laughs> Seattle Times, tear down that paywall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Blevin, tear down that paywall. And he just responds, oh! <laughs> 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 
you want to know what we're talking about, listen to our last public episode where we uh, sort of obliquely mention the label labor force for the print operation that we've recently announced. But the title Blue Freak. <laughs> the title for this is so long. It takes up almost my whole screen, and it says, Piles of poop, litter on trails, trampled wildflowers. In the social- trampled wildflowers? In the social- no. In the social- Someone walked on the ground. That's, yes. In the social media era, Washington's public lands are being trashed. What can be done? And then it has this, like, giant- uh, illustration, which not knocking the illustration, just describing it. It's got a bunch of basically <laughs> like Zoomer millennial folks trying to get that perfect, perfect photo <clears throat> out in nature. There's a waterfall, children in inner tubes, a salmon looking confused. <laughs> that, that perfect photo of them shitting or something. I don't <laughs> understand. Like I really don't understand the the, the social media connection. Oh no, that, that is going to be a Zoomer thing, right? Yeah. Like here's me. <laughs> Squat down, pan- like, like mid shit at this landmark, like in a selfie. Can I shit? Can I actually pump out and selfie stick? Dude, that's like it? that guy who jumped off the bridge. You guys seen that? Oh yeah, yeah. The guy was like running from the cops and like jumped off. the oh, bridge. Oh, is that what it was? I don't know the backstory. I just know a guy jumped off a bridge. With he his pants the f- down Wait. and was defecating. Oh, I think we're talking about different things. <laughs> <laughs> what you're talking about sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is uh, cool. I'll link it if I can find it again. But yeah. probably all our fans have seen it. But <laughs> because they have <laughs> the same that. Google alerts <laughs> for shit, Seattle shit yeah, stories. They're all just sitting in a computer chair, like any scat based news story with you know yeah. uh, a bedpan under them <laughs> a big alarm just starts going off um, so this is by Terry Wood and it was published well it was updated today July 1st it was published June 29th here's a wow statistic from the US Forest Service in 2018 wilderness rangers buried more than 400 piles of human waste found <laughs> scattered throughout the enchantments near Leavenworth, which minus the poo is one of the loveliest wilderness destinations in all of Washington. I mean, woods famously have shit in them. I feel like yeah. that this is a baseless complaint. Famously bears shit in the woods, for example. <laughs> yeah, like every, yeah, everything's shit. So how do they know it's human shit? Are they tasting it? What's happening here? Like, well, the wilderness, the wilderness um, rangers know. Yeah, they know. <laughs> <laughs> They're experts. They in, know in scat. Yeah, oh. that's the only thing they know when they show up in the woods. <laughs> A bonus wow. The Enchantment's camping zone, because of its immense popularity, is equipped with nine privies all intended to make improper plopping avoidable. Nevertheless, on more than 400 occasions last year, according to a Forest Service spokesperson, visitors decided to plop with impunity and just walk away. (laughs) What is going on? (laughs) What is happening? I agree. (laughs) Has has anybody here been to the Enchantments? uh, I've I've hiked in that area, but I don't know what the Enchantments is. That sounds like a weird like theme park version Uh of a campground, but is that like some? Is that just it, some area? It's a, it's a hike. It might 
be off Icicle Road, but yeah, near Leavenworth. Okay, I don't yeah, know. I think you have I'm to get a permit there, to do but... it too. Um, like yeah, people are gonna shit in the woods. Now you you should bring a trowel and dig yourself a little hole to shit in and cover it up. But um, <laughs> if you don't, if you haven't brought a trowel, uh, put it in a plastic bag and, and take it out with you. <laughs> or if you don't have a plastic bag, put it in your pocket. <laughs> Hike it out. <laughs> um, I'm sure that is like the preferred uh, thing. It's like uh, leave no trace, pack it, pack it in, pack it out. Yeah, you know, you just got to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> what is the damage? So we're talking 400 shits well, over a large area over the course of a year. Well, it's I'm sure what it's is, like basically the right along the trail. Yeah. But also yeah. it's, you know, it's bad for the animals. They, you know, they get in it and eat, eat it and stuff and fuck with it. They love it. <laughs> you should ship further away from the trail, though. I mean, that's yeah. Although, I feel like if you're shitting on the trail, you really have to shit, and I think that's okay. Sometimes you gotta shit. I mean, if you're gonna have if if Seattle if the Seattle area is going to be this like you know mountains to sound like quick from the city wilderness, get up 45 minutes mm-hmm. to let you know to Leavenworth from Seattle and get up on a hike and encourage like bus people up to get out into the wilderness like city people from fucking oklahoma to like get out into the wilderness for a weekend people are gonna shit in the woods right i don't know what the fuck yeah doing. yeah and <laughs> that that kind of is the crux of it and it says they have nine toilets but where are they are they conveniently located i de- i'm sure most of those toilets are at the bottom yeah the, yeah at the trail on a hike and then you have to shit yeah yeah be two miles from the toilet man what are you supposed to do? <laughs> well, that's when you're supposed to follow the etiquette. So it's unbelievable how much surface pooping is going on out there. <laughs> said, surface said Greg Romano, a year-round hiker and author of 20 hiking guides for the Mountaineers books. I'm coming yeah, across... See, this guy's ahead. He's obviously right. not going to leave a pile of yeah. poop. But like, well, what the real complaint here is, uh, it's not just us nerds. Yeah, the normies here. are out here yeah. and they've, they've pooped. Right. Like it, you, you, if you're gonna, it's like the choice isn't like, are you know, should people poop or not? It's are you going to like build and maintain public trails for humanity to despoil the wilderness? Like you've already made that <laughs> choice. Like you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So people yeah. Are gonna shit in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. That's that's totally fair. And I mean, we can we can skip. They show a picture that. No. No. Read his quote. Read his quote. Okay. Uh, I'm coming across it in places I never expected, even remote areas. I find it in the middle of a trail and toilet paper, streams of it. <laughs> what I'm seeing is incredible. It's absolutely <laughs> disgusting. I just realized he meant streams of toilet paper. When I read that, I thought he meant streams of shit. <laughs> like, like, I just diarrhea explosions all over the trail. In which case, it's like, dude, they ain't gonna make it back to the bathroom, man. Like, I'd be like, that's understandable. Uh, I mean,. Whoever's shitting in the middle of the trail is very stupid. Yeah, that sounds antisocial uh, mm-hmm. at best. Well, that seems like a gag almost. Though. Yeah, like, you be yeah. shitting in the middle of the trail. You're making a statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like a podcaster might do something like that. But uh, <laughs> well, here's the real question: If you shit in the middle of the trail on the way down, when you're on your way back up, I mean, you're, that's like a landmine you left for yourself. Oh, it's yeah. like if you—it's like if you create a minefield, but then you have to retreat. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very thought-provoking. 
<laughs> well, the, the plopper's dilemma. Yeah, exactly. This is that strong concept. Or is that, that like a, I think that's a Google interview question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they go on to suggest that the rise of defecation is somehow related to social media explosion. Uh, 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 yeah. I'm. What did a boomer say? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think anybody anticipated social media a year ago or five or ten years ago. I had to not what anticipated it is today. the existence of social media. A year oh ago. man, a year ago when I was. Uh, you know, still tending my MySpace page. I just had no idea what it would become in 2019. <laughs> but to be fair, when... Uh, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Uh, uh, five when, years ago? Uh, I think mostly Instagram, but yeah. Well, I think what he means is, is that when... In, look, it was very unfortunate when Logan and Jake Paul took a shit on the trail <laughs> in the suicide forest. And that that was too far. I think we can yeah, all agree that was yeah. too far. So. I I, you know, who could have predicted... Uh, after Tahrir Square, <laughs> <laughs> that it would, you know, that it w- social media's influence would escalate to people shitting on trails in some way that I still don't understand, but please go on. Well, it seems to be that populations have grown, therefore there's more people out there. Although I will say, this article does prove something that we brought up in a previous, I think, Patreon episode, which is when they complain about the homeless shitting on sidewalks and stuff. Lots of people shit on sidewalks. It's not just the homeless guys. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like people are pissing and shitting everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think that they're busting the homeless out to like do a BM on the trails. <laughs> no, they're so, bus- like, they're busting yeah. out. These um, are your neighbors, people shitting yeah, on these trails. Yeah. 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 And they're doing. Yeah, they're doing. And there's certainly there's probably more housed piss on the streets of Seattle than there is unhoused piss. Oh, piss 100%. For sure. And, and shit is at least 50-50. Absolutely, yeah. Please. Yeah. Wow, I didn't realize I was amidst such great minds. But, um, <laughs> with more people venturing into the outdoors, many in pursuit of the perfect Instagram snap, Romano can reel off a list of etiquette violations he's witnessed. Litter, off-leash, free-range dogs, keep-out signs ignored, switchbacks cut, social trails splitting meadows I'm and noise. I'm fucking lost. What the fuck is he talking about? How? Basi- what, what is the what? connection Basically, here? he's like, people are defecating. And now I would like to change the subject to social media. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, like, I'm so well, fucking lost. What the fuck is he talking so about? I, Which, by the way, I used to like backpack and stuff at a very much younger, fitter age. And uh, all that stuff was the Rangers complained about that. Oh, like, yeah. Rangers, always, this every is one always of these complaints. The yes. always I remember like, this as a yeah, kid, yeah. like seventh no, grade, hearing about switchbacks. part of the... Th- if you have... You maintain trails for people to go on for day hikes. Yeah. They're going to litter. There's going to be, they're right. not going to observe the fucking ranger's code, that, <laughs> you know, and that you've been, you as a hiking nerd have like trained yourself in and read books about. Right. Um, Cause they're just there for a day hike. And if this guy's saying that more, um, less educated people are out hiking because of, seeking the perfect snap for the gram is that <laughs> that is, is what he's saying uh, he's saying uh, that's at least contributing that is the dumbest fucking thing i've ever heard it's real bad when you go to like people hike people have always like <laughs> oh like yeah said, this is a yeah. hiking town we people there are nerds like him who are super serious about right. it and doing all kinds of backpacking into the the north cascade wilderness mm-hmm. and there's day hikers 
The city, you know, <clears throat> the county actually buses people up there. You can catch a bus. Yeah, they're called there. the homeless, Greg. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's part of like it's what you it's what the tourism boards fucking can Ooh. tell people to come here for, where you can you know do boating one day and go up on a hike the next day. It's what recruiters tell people about Seattle is you can go on these fucking hikes. We we have hiking trails that are maintained for the purpose of urban people getting out into the wilderness. Right. So tell me again about Instagram. It's just it's the wrong kind of urban people. Well, let me finish (laughs) uh, what he his little rant. And then we can we can dive into that a little bit more. The first time I heard music on speakers in the backcountry, I thought this can't possibly this, be. He's I complaining about boomboxes. This, this, this yeah, can't yeah, possibly yeah. be. This is, this awesome. is the first time an old person's complained about the kids and their boomboxes. Yeah. Oh my god! This now is fucking awesome. Now it's very frequent, and people are blasting it. Don't go on. That's those not trails. all they're blasting. Yeah. You're a serious hiker. <laughs> Go on. There are trails that no one else is fucking going on. Yeah. The North Cascades alone are fucking littered with them. They're go get lost in the woods. Yeah, seriously. Stop, yeah, get, stop being a coward. Get lost. Go have on an trail encounter with a black bear. Um, yeah. you know, <laughs> meet the local wildlife head on. Uh, yeah, be like uh, Liam Neeson, the gray. Just make some friends with some dogs. Yeah. <laughs> out there. Well, all he's basically saying is like. Yeah, this is, you know, uh it's too it's too cool now. Like the scene has been ruined by right. you know Yeah, like, I was an early adopter. Yeah, well, I, I truly off. respect and understand Dude, the greatness. Well, and, well and people yeah, people don't appreciate this in the same dumb way I do, therefore yeah. they should not be allowed to yeah. appreciate it. I'm not as serious. So I've backpacked in the on the Olympic Peninsula and in the North Cascades and in other states. And I'm not half as serious as this guy, I'm sure, is just occasionally. I haven't done it in years either. But I've always usually picked trails that no one fucking goes on for, yeah, the reason that I'm not trying to hike out in the woods with, like, a bunch of fucking people. It's not that hard. There are trails that, like, the, like, urban day crowd are going to go on and take their snaps, like... Because they're at well advertised, they're extremely well maintained. They're short, they're loops. They go up to a little vista and they come yeah. back. Don't go on that fucking trail, asshole. Like, yeah. find something uh, else. Well, also like vistas are nice, but a vista with like Drake fucking pumping in the background—it's <laughs> nicer. I Hell mean, yeah! Too serious. Yeah, true that, man. Yeah, what does he care about the speak? Who gives a shit? Like, I don't well, know. He, again, he wants. He wants to have this wilderness experience, and the the disconnect he's making is he's not going to the wilderness. Right. Yeah. He's going to a theme park. Yeah. That has trees. That is forty five minutes from a major global metropolis. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that is a great distinction. Like, shut the fuck up. You can go somewhere where there isn't that. You could actually go into the wilderness. Well, and, and you could also <laughs> you could also frame your argument that way. Yeah. At least. Right. And, like, and, at and least not, have that understanding. You don't have to walk overland. There happened. are pretty well maintained trails that you'll see three people all day on. Um. That you can still hike and get into beautiful places that just aren't these like very heavily trafficked loops. 
Yeah. Huh. And like, look, if I want to, again, you know, blast some tunes or whatever, what else am I supposed to do while I'm waiting in line at the top of Mount Everest? <laughs> so, I mean, the thing is, is that like, yeah, like, I, I'm sorry that you're mad that other people are enjoying a thing that you enjoy. He, it's the lamest fucking complaint. It always seriously. has been, and the guy should fuck off. And, but he's basically going to an urban park, okay? Right, like, right. It's literally the... He's talking about being an hour, like, trailheads that are, like, literally an hour from downtown Seattle in, in no traffic. That's that's just... You, you might as well be going to Volunteer Park. Okay, like if that's yeah. where that's what we're talking about here. There's gonna be people with boom boxes, and there's gonna be piles of shit. Yeah, yeah, always. <laughs> you know what's funny? It's so one time I, uh, for the Fourth of July, we used to always go camping, and uh, we're camping at this campground outside of um, oh that shitty town Kurt Cobain's from Aberdeen. Aberdeen, and we're outside Aberdeen, like along the coastline. And this group started camping next to us. There's, there's me and like four other people. And there was this group camping next to us of like, you know, 20 or so people, probably like in their late 30s. And all they were doing was talking about how much they were going to party. You know, rule, you know, rules are out the door. We're in the woods now, just drinking all night, party hard. So anyways, they're all asleep by 10 p.m. <laughs> and me and another friend, we were all very drunk, which is the only way to be in the woods. And very drunk around a giant fire, yelling at each other because that's how we talk. Sweet. <laughs> and, and I remember one of them came out of the darkness to tell us to shut up. But it was right when we were, we were in the middle of having a passionate argument in defense of Amanda Bynes. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> like, I wish I could have been there for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, look, we all enjoy the woods. We stand Amanda Bynes. Yeah, we stand yeah. Amanda Bynes. Yeah, yeah. Bynes Hell yeah. Officially, this is now an Amanda Bynes <laughs> podcast. Actually changing now. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched Sydney White the other day. It still holds up. It's fantastic. Oh yeah. But she's the man rules. She's, she's the, the man, man is great. Favorite. Yeah, it is, great. it is yes. very no, good. It is, it is oh, very good. I, who knew? Who knew? <laughs> Small, I, world. Like, Small world. Great minds really do think alike. I mean, no, we've been Vines heads for years, yeah, man. Years. Like going Sing all the decades. way back. Yeah. See, so this just shows, you know, if you've been camping next to us, we would have had a great conversation. Totally. And probably, you know, have been fast friends or whatever. Hell but, yeah. You know, people enjoy the woods differently and people need to calm down. People enjoy things differently than you do, and you should shut up. And that goes for all fucking manner of life in an urban area. Yeah, I think you're totally. That's a great point, too, because this does feel like gatekeeping, or at least, yeah, you're not conforming to my fairly conservative view of how (laughs) to experience something that I adhere to. Uh, he goes on to say, and this is the, I believe the last of his rant. I've heard people say people who do these things are just hiking their own hike. That doesn't mean you do what you damn well, please. Trails are on public property and come with rules and regulations. Oh my God. Roads are public property too. Yeah. And no one can fucking drive either. It's not, you're not going to. That, you people take also that, drive that is like part assholes. of the deal. Yeah. Everyone yeah. speeds. Right. People yeah. are constantly on their phones. Yeah. You drive. You're taking your life in your hands on a public road, you asshole. And that's how society works. <laughs> Fuck yeah. off. That and everybody wants loves and wants to follow the. Hey, this place has rules, guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So it must be a real blast on those very, trails. Very chill uh, with rules and regulations. I can just see this asshole with like his like walking stick and his like his yeah right his like really he's got like all the he's got like five hundred dollar carbon fiber like uh, (laughs) poles and everything (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm just imagining the steam coming out of his ears, but I can't just drive my own drive. That mentality astounds me. Yeah, people do it all day long. Yeah, dude. they really yeah. do. Trails are being inundated with a lot of new clueless people right now, and we need a massive <laughs> public education campaign. He means to like not allow people into the park. But uh sorry, it's not gonna work. I yeah. mean, at best you could invest a little something in educating the people who show up to go on the trail at the trailhead. Right. Um, but that would mean paying someone a ranger to stand there yeah. and make people listen to a fifteen minute lecture before they went up the fucking trail. Honestly, in places like this, these places that are essentially urban parks an hour out of town, um, that sounds like a great plan, but um until someone builds the robot that does that and yet still makes someone stand there like with <laughs> if you invent a robot that has like authority social pressure enough to like make someone listen to it for 15 <laughs> or 20 minutes then you can maybe <laughs> mitigate some of this shitting on the trail but the robot from the unless end of we're willing to just like pay rangers to do what you would think park rangers would uh. do which is stand around and like hold a little class before you go on the trail and talk about how like this is my park it's my wilderness and you're you're trampling on it <laughs> yeah, so you're, you're my, my guest yeah so like unless you're gonna pay that guy to do that all day every day um shut the fuck up well they used to do that but now they just have to clean up human excrement off the yeah. trail so yeah. well the funny part is like the the degradation of like park trails and stuff like that all is from the same thing which is the defunding of the park services right, and like yeah. the forest service and mm -hmm. stuff and the solution to getting those things funded isn't scaring people away from the parks by being a fucking no fun yeah. loser. The way you get people to like reinvest in the parks is you actually show them like, hey, this shit's cool. Like you should come out here and check it out and be out here more. And wouldn't it be cool if we could like keep it up a little better and <laughs> yeah. like pay a little money? Yeah. yeah. And, and that takes that's just a staffing thing. Totally. Yeah. It's the education and yeah. you have you have you have to have people at the trailheads and you have yeah. them you have them walking the trails mm -hmm. too, and when you accept that, the fact that having a large amount of people in an area is going to create a certain amount of trash, you, or whatever. I'm yeah. sorry, you the just trails, hire more people. Yeah. And one person walking yeah. through the is is despoiling the natural right. fucking world. Right. These hikers going through, you know, like it. Yeah, the natural world on the West Coast is made up anyway. Like, is <laughs> is literally a complete fabrication. Like it was created to create the impression that there was it was just a unspoiled land that had no people, so that we could get rid of our guilt for fucking mass murdering everybody <laughs> on the West Coast. Yeah, because yeah. by the so, time yeah, we really yeah. got out here, like the deed was done, you know, so yeah. we could pretend like well, all the all the like native peoples that we had shoved from other parts of America were all over here. But yeah, once you know. By the 20th century, once the deed was done and the park services started to come into full bloom, it became this whole thing about, like, look at this, like, unspoiled natural wilderness. It's like, well, it's like quite the whole tale, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> writing out a little bit about yeah. what might have happened in this unspoiled yeah. wilderness, but... Yeah. So, well, so fuck, fuck it, this guy, he sucks. It does suck. It goes on to talk about some Instagram thinkfluencers that are fighting back with snarky posts making fun of things that they find on the trail or behaviors that they see. Um, Did a Kardashian take a shit on the trail? Is that what's influencing everybody? Not yet, but I, for the right price. <laughs> uh, and yeah, for the most part, it sucks. But there was one quote near the end, which I think gets to the heart of it, apart from the point that Greg was uh, kind of harping on, which is that 
I can't remember. Let me see if I can find it. It was like at some point in time, it went from 19,000 people to 30,000 people. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's over 10,000 more people on the trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, going to have an impact on the trail. And, still, like, and, you, and you've also just shown that like population grows over time. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. But also, that's not, that's not that big. That's like yeah. really like, oh, a large number of people like per year grew by 50%. Like, yeah. I mean, well, more people go to an individual like Seahawks game than this. Like, and yeah, they are yeah. able to clean the shit off all the stairs and everything before the next game. So, yeah, this is doable. It's doable. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Well, that was it. No more shit now. I think we're done with poop for this episode. <laughs> Turn off the podcast. Now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Turn off all, the podcast all you poop heads out there, <laughs> switch off. <laughs> we'll catch you next time uh but speaking of shit someone put some wings on a big old dookie (laughs) (laughs) and told it it could fly uh, and it couldn't Uh, of course we're talking about boeing back in the news still in the news seems like every day there's some new little chunk to this uh, log <laughs> new little about. like kernel of corn to be <laughs> yeah. picked out of there by various <laughs> investigative services well and as longtime listeners will know uh we've been cataloging the fact that boeing <laughs> it's just a, a weird turn of events has just forgotten how to make planes <laughs> in the last like five years it's hard we've been, yeah it's, it's hard it's difficult we should remember that man's not meant to fly <laughs> <laughs> like like icarus boeing is flown too close to the sun it's falling back to earth i mean it you know we joke but it, it is they what they've done is made del- repeated deliberate um obvious choices that they've been warned about to hamper their ability to make planes in favor of other things yep. which are it, it's just emblematic of how disconnected from reality our fucking economy is our whole the entire corporate capitalist structure that they could you know move their plants to places that did not have any uh skilled uh workforce for this and they can they could spend put all every dollar they have and borrow into stock buybacks and the effect is they made more money. So this, they didn't do it wrong. Mm-hmm. They just decided in this like insane uh, grift that is the stock market, this big fucking con that they're big money players in, it's better to just make a bunch of money being like crooks than make some money actually making things that fly yeah it's like the producers (laughs) (laughs) it is like that what it is it's like the one of the fundamental mistakes in analyzing capitalism that people make when they look at a company like boeing and they say the function of boeing is to produce planes which is not true the function of boeing is to produce money right and planes is just a way in which they do that um and it's interesting you know to to go to where boeing is uh you know the latest news on boeing um there's a DOJ investigation and there's 787 production now. And that comes from two things. One was there was a in-flight fire warning system that didn't work that apparently the pilots repeatedly were like, Hey, the fire warning system doesn't work. 
And by the way, a fire on a plane is bad. So that that's definitely not a good thing. Um, and it came down to Boeing had farmed out the uh, software production for it, it sounded like, yeah. to India, where they're paying people $9 an hour to write the software. And, you know, that little effort to save a little on an hourly wage is now produced a system that doesn't work. Right? Whoops. Yeah, whoops. And then the other part of it was that uh, workers in their South Carolina plant, where Boeing had moved to try and get away from the union here in the Puget Sound, uh, had been reporting for apparently a couple of years now that there was problems in the quality assurance and production of the 787, because that's where its main assembly plant is. And um, it turns out that Boeing just would, uh, since they're policing themselves, would police those complaints right into the fucking trash can. <laughs> and, and the thing is, that shows it was exactly what the union said would happen right. as far as going to South Carolina. Their complaint, you know, some guys in the union were complaining like, oh, you know, that you're not going to get good aerospace workers there, which is, you know, kind of a bullshit complaint. But the, the real complaint was without a strong union with a strong history in the area and stuff, you know, how are you supposed to guarantee, you know, quality of work and all that kind of stuff? And the answer is you can't. So you have what you had in South Carolina, which is Boeing with no opposing force resisting them, able to just steamroll all those people there and all their complaints. So cool. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy flying. This time, guys. <laughs> the well, friendly skies. Yeah. Make sure you check that uh, little paper behind the scene. Make sure it says Airbus. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, this is just, you know, statement about all problems in capitalism and American capitalism at the moment. Like every company seems to be going through some version of this. Yeah. Well, like they're <clears throat> Boeing's been running the company. Like uh, this is now, this is what we've transitioned to in under in 21st central first century neoliberal capitalism is the baseline strategy is to run these big companies the way that like like uh hostile takeovers yeah for mm-hmm. the like purpose of li- yeah for the purpose mm-hmm. of liquidation would do in the 80s and 90s you know yeah. like it's just take what the existing infrastructure existing products the existing model whatever it is mm. and use it in whatever way to pump money out right now without any real thought toward the long-term health of the model because yeah. it doesn't and the truth because it doesn't matter because even with Boeing a shitload of people are going to get out fucking rich like having oh, yeah, made yeah. an ungodly <laughs> amount of money all the people who've been invested in this all the owners of this company um over the last you know 20 years as this model has changed are going most of them a lot of them are going to walk away having like done very well on this model and they're going to get out at some point yeah and you know that leaving someone to you know holding the bag and it's probably going to be the federal government but yeah, so well, it matter to them. Well, they give a fuck, you know. Well, the lesson right. of the 2008 crisis, right, was that capital's natural tendency towards monopoly, right, has gotten to such a stage that there's essentially no 
um, there's no downside to just fleecing <laughs> people <laughs> and like, you know, cutting production safety in order to make an extra buck. You know, uh, when Obama like looked at the banks and saw all the fraudulent activity and stuff and was like, uh, if you made uh, money doing fraud, uh, you get to keep it. <laughs> right. You know, like the second he did that, like, you know, if you were, yeah, if you are one of these people at Boeing, you just collected, you know, large amounts of money via stock buybacks, right? You're one of their major shareholders. What, you know, what's the downside here? What's the United States going to do? Are they going to close down their only plane manufacturer, a, a company that is specifically stated as being part of the critical defense infrastructure? Like, no. So fuck it. Do whatever you want, right? If I can, you know, if half the planes crash, who gives a shit, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, that seems to be the Air Force's response <laughs> to like all their planes that can't fucking fly. Uh, is that oh, whatever? I guess we just got to keep buying it. Well, it's, it's you know, one person selling, so we're buying. I th- they've been the Air Force has been working on this model where they've um, uh, they use like classical military um, acceptable losses calculations. <laughs> And all they've done is like they've added a new column because <laughs> they're just flying as, the plane. <laughs> right. Because as our planes have uh, gotten more and more uh, overpowered and stealthy, and as mm-hmm. our wars have become more and more asymmetrical and, uh, you know, not like as we conventionally we're going to get into yeah, big uh, a pushback, uh, yeah. uh, Warsaw Pact war with mm-hmm. like you know fighter on fighter dog fights right. and like extremely sophisticated um, huh. anti aircraft. I can still hope for that outcome. That <laughs> see that column goes down the acceptable losses, but that that allows you to just add in the plane falls out of the sky. Just yeah, just plane just explodes <laughs> yeah. on takeoff and yeah. the numbers your accept, acceptable loss ratio you know how many planes you lur- lose per sortie flown yeah. just do- it doesn't change yeah. and you're doing you're doing fine well and the media does this like great little one to dance on this too where all that stuff just gets completely passed by so like when they did the raid on uh osama on osama bin laden's you know house or whatever uh, and they flew in their fancy new stealth helicopters, and one of them just crashed trying to <laughs> land. And they had to like try and half acidly burn it and all that kind of shit. Like, I mean, probably a lot more should have been made made of like how fucking stupid that was, and how we just spent a billions of dollars on a helicopter that doesn't land. You know, <laughs> yeah. one of those critical things you want to do once it takes well, off. You know, hey, but you know, but it never comes up, and nobody cares, right? You know, no. it's the F twenty two. Like, if you eject it chops your fucking it has like a whole system that shears your head off as you eject from <laughs> yeah. it. In, in like presumably this should be a conversation in newspapers i mean this should be the thing that people like make jokes about and laugh about and uh it's not because like we just don't give a shit and the yeah, thing just, is uh, this idea i mean i was half kidding when i said like they're moving away from like worrying about planes actually getting shot down because that has been the talk of over the course of our lifetime is like these things that are invulnerable to our enemies, like we, our mm-hmm. technology, our stealth, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it's all horseshit. It always was. And in evidence, you know, just mm-hmm. recently, um, supposedly, it seems that it's the case that um, Iran shot down 
a an unmanned spy plane, a Drone, massive right? yeah. global hawk, uh, Northrop Grumman mm-hmm. global hawk, which is like the size of a seven three seven. Yeah, it's an enormous giant piece of shit. I think they wrote down it costs like several billion dollars. It, it costs. Yeah. They're like um, they're like three hundred million a piece. Yeah. Um, of course, the whole development. That's just like yeah. you know. The whole development of those <laughs> things, but but they it's an incredibly mm-hmm. expensive thing, um, which you would think like negates the purpose of like the one of potential like benefits of an unarmed drone is like probably could be a lot cheaper to operate <laughs> um, and have, but yeah, it, you know that you know that when they were hyping that product they weren't like and pretty much anyone can shoot it out of the sky (laughs) with um oh and and apparently like their the missile they shot it out of the sky with is like uh a the iranian Mm. version of a 19 mid 1970s anti-aircraft missile technology oh yeah sure yeah like it's just they just a very old school simple shoot like technology uh so that everything is like that basically yeah. if we ever got actually into a, if like if any of these things actually made it off the tarmac in any kind of war that we've spent you know all this billions mm-hmm. of dollars on um it, it would just get shot out of the sky well i think the new strategy will be with iran is just to change the commercial flight path to fly, start flying Boeing 737 flights <laughs> over Iran as, as like a suicide uh-huh, bombing yeah. kind of mission. Yeah, a but, human uh, uh, <laughs> a, a human wave attack uh, by yeah. air. You but know, yeah, but yeah, innovate I mean, the human wave attack. Um, Taste the their own force. medicine. Yeah, but yeah, I mean the fact that Boeing's like cost cutting efforts, which were always buttressed by their full knowledge on their part. That they would always be bailed out no matter what happened. Yeah. Uh, the fact that like we don't talk about that those efforts led to the deaths of more than three hundred people. I mean, like Boeing did that. You know, like that yeah. was their fault. Like that was they are one hundred percent cold. They knew the you know that this was a possibility, and, those, and they said fuck it, right, and just did it anyways. Like and, uh, it's it, funny it's and it's cool. It sounds cool that the DOJ is investigating, but hundred yeah. percent, no one is going to jail. Oh no. Absolutely no possibility of that. Um, Certainly not under this administration. Sure. But um, there's a 90% chance that DOJ is going to come back and be like, it looks like union workers is the problem. (laughs) Like, make unions illegal. Like, that's like, if there is a finding, like, it's 90% going to be that. Yeah. Yeah, And uh, and the executives who should actually be prosecuted, Mm -hmm. who have their names on documents, like, who there's, there Mm -hmm. will be evidence against are going to walk away with golden parachutes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, and live like fucking kings for the rest of their lives. Well, they'll always be innocent because they'll just say, oh, well, you know, we just wanted a, you know, a stock buyback just to maximize our returns or whatever, and that can't possibly be connected to these other things, like the risky behavior that the company is willing to engage in. And uh, That's the other thing, yeah. The real crimes are, like, this whole 
upper yeah. level that causes this. But the only people you could even prosecute under the law as it is mm-hmm. who would have their names on the documents saying, no, safety doesn't matter, yeah. like, are would be lower level managers. Yeah, you yeah. Know? In which case, like, the, you know, the board would just be like, Oh, fuck it. You know, get rid of that guy anyway. It's a little bit of dead weight. Probably save some money bringing somebody up from lower management and right back to the same behavior. Yeah. Uh, and it, I mean, this really does come back to probably the legacy of the Obama administration doing nothing in 08. I mean, it, that really did say, I mean, that really was just the open door, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. all that shit was happening before then, but I mean. I mean, it's not like no one noticed. I mean, yeah, too yeah. big to fail <clears throat> yeah, it was yeah. a. That that was heard and understood around the world. Like mm-hmm. every, I mean that. There's no more easily understood concept. Like yeah. they, it was very clear that that is a true thing. That that is the reality. Yeah, and in that movie, uh, that movie, The Big Short is probably like somewhat accurate. And the like ninety percent of the bankers involved in like the two thousand thing were just fucking morons because that is the type. But, I mean, there were guys in there who worked in government and then went to Goldman Sachs up who knew essentially the amount of illegal, illegal behavior they were engaging in. And they had in their back of their minds this idea of like, ah, well, the you know, government's not going to do anything to us. And the, the real tragedy of the Obama administration was it stopped being a, a thought they had in their head and became a reality on the ground, right? Of like a provable yeah. thing. I'm like, no, they really will not do anything to us. Like we could do yeah, that. So, right? not so, just, so open, instead of just like insider yeah. confidence that yeah. nothing would happen and that you could get away with it. Cause you've uh-huh. got the, you know how any idiot was like, Oh shit. Yeah. We, anyone can get away with this. <laughs> well, a, a suspicion became an absolute fact. <laughs> and uh, yeah. that's, you know, for these types of, you know, sort of social vampires, that's not a good thing. But I mean, that seems to be where Boeing finds itself. And, you know, apparently I uh, can't build a fucking plane that flies anymore because of it. So that's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. System awesome. works. System works. <laughs> if there's one thing to take away, the system works. Uh, did we want to talk about? We're at like fifty minutes. Do we want to talk about the? Yeah, let's do the editorial real fast. Okay. It's, it's short. All right. More content. So speaking of the system working. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, today was the big vote for accessible dwelling units in Seattle. God, I just did it again, guys. I just clicked on a link that I can't open because I've hit my quota. Everybody, Seattle Times is holding us back, and you know what to do about that. All right, I'm not going to specify, but it begins with sparkler. (laughs) Ends with lurs. Uh, Use sparkler bees. (laughs) Too obvious. (laughs) (laughs) S-bombs. Yeah, that's better. (laughs) Parody. (laughs) We can say whatever we want, just as long as you say parody. Oh, yeah, that absolves us of any uh, legal recourse. (laughs) Yeah. That's a bit. That's not real. <laughs> um, <laughs> please, yeah. Uh, well, yes, please hold Sparkler on the Seattle Times unless you think it'll be cool. Yeah, and or unless you're emancipating well, another Blethen that's been chained to like a radiator <laughs> in the basement or something. Yeah. And if that does happen, we will cover it. That's a Seattle sucks promise. <laughs> yeah. Does anyone know how? Any of our our listeners know how to like operate a cutting torch? <laughs> 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 free those blethens blethens snake moan <laughs> um, 
so so the ADU vote was today and it passed. I actually didn't see the vote count. Uh, it was expected to be unanimous. Basically, this opens up a whole new avenue for basement units, um, more units on what are traditionally right now single family house. Yeah, zoned yeah. I think lots. I think basically you can have up to three units on a single family mm-hmm. zoned lot, which, by the way, is actually what. Uh, Portland did to try and like help resolve some yeah. of the housing crunch and it does work. I yeah. Think. This, yeah. Th- this is a rising kind of movement. Didn't, did Minneapolis, Minneapolis do did this as well? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and the way it works is essentially those who want to can convert their like, you know, house into multiple units or right. they have a, what do they call it? A, a mother-in-law right. suite yep. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But All that the, kind of stuff. Presumably, they can also sell to a yeah, developer yeah, who right. can to build, build, like build unit. Something. Yeah, and that's where it. we're going to see some clor- some pearls clutched. Um, yeah, because this this ordinance also doesn't require that the owner of the property live on the property, which opens it up to renters, mm-hmm. obviously, and development of mm-hmm. rental units. Um, which oh scary renters mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the I, majority uh, of the population of the city. <laughs> yeah. scary landlords this yeah is what, I, uh, this is gonna make some landlords out of out of people and they're gonna love it yeah oh yeah well you know we can't all be renters unless we got a landlord class to rent you know their units to us <laughs> yeah. i probably said this on the podcast but before i moved on the boat I don't know if I've told Brian this. Oh, Greg's no. leaning into Yeah, place. everyone brace yourself. <laughs> my la- my last landlord was a cop. Dun dun. dun. <laughs> it's uh yeah, he he sucked. <laughs> my previous landlord was a guy that was the uh, self-appointed uh foreman on a construction site I was on and everybody hated him. And when I was talking to somebody else and he was listening in about finding a place to rent, he was like, you should come check out this house that I have. And I went and checked it out as a joke of like, what kind of piece of shit does this asshole have? It was actually pretty nice. (laughs) 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 So there we go. But but yeah, so the Seattle Times always with our best interests at heart has uh, stepped into the fray on this. Yeah, and this is an editorial. So it's the A-team here to deliver another cosmic brained genius level take so this was published the day before the vote because uh, as i said that was today july 1st so june 30th save seattle neighborhoods <laughs> that's the title of the editorial yeah it's weird it has uh, like that little slash mark between each word i'm not sure <laughs> I'm not sure why yeah the clapping emoji yeah. um and and they use that picture that harkens back to the image that Greg conjured of like somewhere in North Seattle where you can't really see anything south of the downtown corridor. You can see a stadium, you know, but uh, you see a lot of green. And, you, of course, you see the Space Needle. But data and research ought to guide the Seattle City Council and Mayor Jenny Durkin as they consider policies that would permanently harm unique city resources. He means white. <laughs> but sadly, they are relying on ideology and lobbying as they upzone every single family neighborhood in gibberish Seattle. nonsense. This yeah. is ideology and uh, versus science it, and yeah. data. <laughs> this, non, this is nothing. Yeah. This is, he just said nothing. more units for more people means ideology. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, 
Voters electing seven of nine council members this fall should note City Hall's current priorities. Seven of nine is running for for city council. Jerry Ryan is going to be be our new mayor. Yeah, Uh, maybe. uh, You know what? She's got my vote. Yeah. (laughs) Current priorities and how it spins policies favoring special interests over current residents. That is some warped fucking. Mm-hmm. These people are actually amazing. Special, <laughs> in, special <laughs> interest people who need homes. But this, but this actually and does lower rents too. But this does get to what like the Seattle Times editorial was all about in the sense that special interests are renters, right? Yeah, people right? who don't belong in the city. <laughs> right. Current residents, official residents of Seattle, are homeowners. People who do belong in the city. Like, where, this is yeah. a clear distinction that the Seattle Times draws between the populations here. And where did we hear that before? Was it Safe Seattle? Yeah, yeah, no shit. Yeah, the, maybe they should look at the voter rolls. So there's something to be done. <laughs> the, this legislation, sponsored by outgoing council member Mike O'Brien, won't make Seattle significantly more affordable, according to a city analysis that should guide policymakers. But it will erode livability, negatively impacting half the city's population, and reduce options for those hoping to someday buy a house and stop paying landlords. Those are lesser concerns for ambitious politicians who would rather allow the insatiable housing oligarchy, including investors, financiers, developers, consultants, and labor leaders, to gorge on the entire city. Jesus fucking Christ. Well, I mean, look, they're not—they're partially not wrong in right, that right. this is essentially just going to open up the city to developers to create to land to the landlord developer mm-hmm. class to but you know if that and that's this is see so yeah this is our the only thing we can come up with right, right? this is this we well, do it is better than what we've got which is you can't fucking yeah. build any density but totally what, all we can manage is to go uh let's let the free market solve it let's yeah. free up the market because all this is is a reduction in um, regulation. Right. This is deregulation yeah. of the market. That's it. There's no positive, proactive social yeah. action happening here. This is just deregulation that's going to allow developers to come in. And the effect may be a little bit more housing, which is good. Oh, maybe that could theoretically, if a free market was like a real thing bring down rents um it it actually won't because yeah. that it's brought why, down rent for wealthy why people would it, why would yeah it has brought down rent for wealthy people that is true when there's when there's fucking uh like thousands of empty, empty units yeah right luxury now, real estate and rent is still what it is that tells you that this f- idea of free market housing is bullshit <clears throat> like it's they can charge what they want like it doesn't matter because it's as in this housing market, r- the real estate is as valuable just as a place to fucking park money and watch it go up. The rent is fucking like, uh, is the cherry on top. When you add in the fact that it also, you know, it takes money to actually turn something into a livable, yeah. rentable property. Right. Um, so it's probably not going to do anything there. What it is going to do is create a bunch of random ugly um 
townhomes, apartments, buildings, yeah. sort of scattered in in a way that will unnerve and upset people. Not like I, I live on a boat. I'm still going to think they're <laughs> ugly too. But the people who are in these neighborhoods of single, hundred twenty year old single family right. homes, uh, and then you know this ugly like multicolored fucking tin and rust uh, yeah. things going to plop up next to them and they're going to be aggrieved and their aggrievement will be all out of proportion with reality and totally out of touch with the 21st century and what's happening but nonetheless like it's not a vision of it's not a it's no positive vision of a future of a, of a livable like good city you know what i mean like so well the thing is is that capitalism can't solve the housing crisis no, we talked about before can't. yeah and i mean uh, uh going back to the 90s when you would hear people talk from the eastern Bloc, you know from eastern europe from russia or whatever one of the things they would always talk about whenever they talk about the fall of soviet communism is they would say you know we always thought that like the homeless and stuff like that that was like a scare story <laughs> that we were being told right to be afraid of capitalism and that surely in america is so rich and all this kind of stuff and you know, you know western europe so rich that these kind of things don't happen and now we've learned right and you know the thing is capitalism doesn't solve housing crisis it creates them yeah right? and that's that's the problem right and yeah i mean outside of making housing a right and taking all the housing as you know state stock and essentially handing it out right or at the There's very no least solution yeah taxing something to pay yeah. for a shitload of public housing well i know that this has been that would be something well and this has been pushed in london and i think it's gotten like you know some pretty strong backing or whatever but how about this we, we do have tons of empty units you seize them yeah, you just course. say look if people aren't living in that unit, we're taking it. And now it's now it's government housing, right? So now it's low income housing. And, Hell yeah! And you just do that over and over. Again, so right? easy, you know. It, it, that's not just a form of like uh, expropriation, but it, yeah. it be, that's a form of regulation as well. Yeah, it's going to have an effect on a free market. Yeah, it keeps people from engaging using housing as a speculative asset as, as opposed to yeah. housing. Yeah, and I mean, you can do that, but you would have to say that markets are bad. And you'd yeah. have to say <laughs> that capitalism is as bad, have, and nobody's allowed to say that. As we've harped point. on yeah. in this podcast since the beginning, what continues to be ignored by just about everybody is that one of the main roots of our housing problem is that it's on a global Mm -hmm. speculative free market that it is yeah. a been declared a hot spot for you know now fucking 15 years ago yeah. for global capital investment that has nowhere else to fucking go that it is a that is a deliberate bubble that's be been juiced for that capital class yeah. like globally to park money in and and raise the price and it's yeah. like you can't Rent you can't as a person who needs a house compete on that fucking market. Yeah, well, I think that gets to some of the like. And this, this doesn't change that. Yeah. This is, if anything, sure. makes it more makes more of our real estate attractive for investment. Yeah, well, now right. you're competing against landlords to purchase housing now. Yeah, uh, so it's an additional sort of actor. But you can well, take these these single family plots in these nice mm -hmm. neighborhoods and put a more valuable 
Yeah. Jesus, you'll be able to build fucking luxury townhomes on yeah. these spots oh, yeah. like they've been doing in the places that were zoned for density, building luxury condos. Mm. Well, now they'll be able to do the same thing. There's nothing has changed in the equation. Yeah, people are angrier. Yes, the city council is doing something that's supposedly symbolically to address mm -hmm. this problem. But nothing has changed in the market equation here. Yeah. So what makes you think that the free market that got us into this place isn't going to continue to do the same thing that makes it a shitload of money, which is to build, like, luxury fucking townhomes? Yeah. Well, there's no market incentive to build on the for the low end of the, you know, market, right? So it just won't get done. Which is why you have to have, again, things like public housing and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we should break down some of the Seattle Times, like some of the ways they refer to stuff, too. I mean, when they talk about, like, oh, now uh, home aspiring homeowners won't be able to buy a home. But the reality is that's already the reality. Right. right? I mean, like, th this is a fantasy they're engaging in. And they're really playing on people's uh, maybe naivete or something. But this idea, like, I live, I rent a double-wide manufactured home that is right next to a place where they store tractor trailers and right across from a bar. If you go on Zillow and check out the, you know, estimated Zestimate. price for my, <laughs> the place I live in, it's $600,000. Yeah. I mean, this Christ. is a fucking, the idea that normal people can buy houses here is a fucking fantasy. Oh, right? completely. So that's already dead. So, I mean, sale times is just engaging nostalgia. Just chop that out. But all the stuff too, about like the unique neighborhood feel and all this kind of stuff is all just bullshit, like, race-scaring of yeah, absolutely. and saying that, you know, your white neighborhood's gonna get some darker renters. And yeah. and that's the, that has always been what that language has meant. And, totally. You know, and, yeah, I mean, fucking call that out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that's totally fair. And, and the whole purpose, of, I think, of, an art, of a take like this is really just to gin up that kind of fear among oh yeah older totally. old like seattle homeowners yeah, yeah. all the accidental millionaires it actually seattle, doesn't yeah. yeah exactly it doesn't actually like the jesus the fucking seattle times is all for deregulation mm -hmm. uh, and they're all for the booming real estate market they are all for the prices going up they are all for the capital class they're just taking this uh and just they not should, in my backyard. They know, mm -hmm. well, they know that that's what the effect of this is really going to be. What they're doing is taking this bullshit cultural stance against what is supposedly a progressive move, though we've just described mm -hmm. it's not anything at all. It's neoliberal capitalism and deregulation. It's fucking Reaganism. It has nothing to do with positive progressive policy. But they're, but because. And that's this is what's fucked up about this town. Everybody can play this game. The city council can play this game yeah. and pretend, oh, the, this is some liberal progressive shit. And the the <laughs> the Seattle Times can go, oh yeah, this is some awful liberal progressive horrible stuff that's gonna ruin your neighborhood. When in fact, it's actually fucking like some Margaret Thatcher yeah. shit. Well, you know. It, it was interesting and not to, uh, not actually not even like a huge Bernie head, but that debate when his closing statement, when he said, you know, you can elect any of these people on the stage, but you know, in your heart that nothing's going to fucking change. 
I mean, that is the reality of American politics, right? You can elect whoever you want. They can have whatever letter next to their fucking name. You can do all this stuff, and it's not going to actually change anything because, yeah, the love of markets, the strength of money in politics, all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that is Seattle in a nutshell, right? You know, the Times can say whatever the fuck they want. City Council can say whatever you want. You know what the end you know, product is going to be, no matter what path they take. But, yeah, yeah. have rules. Yeah, well, it only gets better. <laughs> to deflect attention from from what's really happening, there's talk of McMansion bans and Airbnb restrictions. The essence of O'Brien's proposal is unchanged. Where are they building McMansions in Seattle, by the way? Uh, th- so the McMansion ter- not, term is yeah, pretty nebulous. Really, what they mean is like there's this oversized construction that can happen on lots. It sounds like, from what I've read. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, but I, I think McMansion now is just like a slur against new construction. Yeah. Uh, which mm. is fine. Well, no, I'm fine with that. But uh, I mean, they were a thing. Like, it's just the sure. lots just aren't big enough in Seattle right. to make them. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. That and McMansion's appeal to like the, the, the suburban mindset. Totally. Yeah, for, the, for the amount yeah. they would cost to build one in Seattle, like nobody in that price range would buy. There that. are, there are. Yeah. If you yeah. go to some of the, um, you know where it is, is the wealthiest fucking neighborhoods that mm-hmm. have actual large, relatively large plots. So yeah. if you go up to like, what's what's between like what's that between like Crown, Crown Hill and Shoreline, whatever that is on the water. Like oh. if you drive around in there, these are these old hundred year old houses, mm-hmm. but they're on pretty big plots on the hillside. You know, yeah, yeah, they're big enough that some of them are torn down, and then you drive around a corner, and there, yeah, there is yeah. some fucking got nasty ass like suburban that energy, rolls. like just rising out of the ground. Um, <laughs> it's it's real. So there used to be this neighborhood right next to my parents' neighborhood that we drive through on the school bus. And somebody knocked down two houses in that neighborhood to build, this is in maybe the late 90s, to build like a, a legit like McMansion like in on those two lots. And my favorite touch was on their garage, they got a glass garage door so you could see inside. And they had four Ski-Doo's on trailers right Hell there. Yeah. Awesome. And I was like, if you got that many Ski-Doo's, you get the glass, you show it off. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, Hell I love yeah. that was... That, that, that fucking owns. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but that's what I think of when I think of McMansion. I'm, I'm just trying to imagine yeah. where these are. Here yeah, I, I but, think that's uh, the, uh, the classical definition, yeah. for sure. Yeah, but but here in Seattle, even the <laughs> very wealthy... That wasn't foreclosed on it. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but you, I mean, we're talking about... Yeah. Like, there are neighborhoods where... You know, yeah, two, two, three million dollar homes that, yeah, that then take it's like a different, um, yeah, a different. It's like yeah. it's like, um, you know, uh, like uh, you know, it's like a step up. It's like from McDonald's. It's like to it's Outback Steakhouse. Yeah, it's yeah. like a Bloomin' Mansion it's a, or it's something. It's a different type of gaudiness. To Dick's Mansion but it looks as bad or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 The essence of O'Brien's proposal is unchanged. Allow investors to convert virtually every remaining single-family lot into three apartments with no parking. This is something that's they're, the they're thing really that's going to happen. Every every one, yeah. Minimal setbacks and little to no yard or green space. So much for green Seattle. 
Say goodbye, Urban Tree Canopy, and hello, Triplexes. Yeah, <laughs> the Urban Tree Canopy is um, public green belts uh, that look... It's not, like, for the most part, um, yeah. in people's yards. It's on... So whatever. And I believe you can't just cut trees down willy-nilly. The city does yeah. actually care. Uh, so. I wonder, I wonder when, it, when it comes it is to development... I bet if, if they you're care. developing, yeah. I bet if you're, de- I'm just going to guess if you're actually knocking down a house, I bet it's part of the permitting process. Like, yeah, it, can, yeah, I mean, it could I be. Bet, I bet you can do it. Yeah. yeah. O'Brien tacked on the misleading McMansion ban after neighborhood challenges. Actually, his proposal allows investors to build multiple structures collectively as big as an oversized house, squeezing just as much shadow-casting bulk onto the same wall. Who gives a shit? It also removes permanent owner-occupancy rules, affirming it's not about helping residents stay put. It's helping others profit off neighborhoods. Living living in a city that is overcast 90% of the time, I'm very concerned about the (laughs) shadow-casting nature of these things. No, that's why you need everybody's son you can get, Brian. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, Just hearing them so concerned about the growth of the landlord class, like, go fuck yourself. They're probably not happy about competition. Well, there was like these... During the 2017 elections, there was this big move that was coming out of Seattle to try and do something at the state level about like rent control and things like that. And it was weird. The Seattle Times was really like whistling a different tune for the landlords back then. It's it's, it's (laughs) odd how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Sounds about right. None of this is needed to allow backyard cottages. They've been allowed since 2009. Current rules are flexible enough that construction of accessory dwelling units has more than doubled in recent years. If City Hall wants more, start by reducing costly permit and utility connection charges, or test O'Brien's plan with a pilot project in a willing neighborhood. (laughs) O'Brien's proposal is something else entirely. It's a blanket up zone allowing three units on lots now designated for one. These single-family lots comprise less than half the city's land use, according to city data, while housing half its population. If there was nowhere else to build, changes might be worth considering on a neighborhood-by-neighborhood basis, since each part of Seattle has different constraints and opportunities for growth. Blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, Seattle has abundant capacity for all projected growth, according to city data. On top of that, Seattle just upzoned and expanded urban villages, creating massive additional capacity in places where multifamily apartments are supposed to be built now. Affordability is a challenge, but the city's economic analysis said O'Brien's policy will only marginally affect affordability and mostly result in pricey rentals. It may increase displacement in lower-income neighborhoods. Well, I, I uh, yeah, that they're basically right. I mean, yes, it's gonna be. This is gonna be a tool of gentrification. It is gonna, because what isn't? I mean, yeah, like yeah. They're going to come into places, buy up like old single family homes and build a, a nicer, uh, you know, multi unit townhome condo thing. And they're going to continue to gentrify neighborhoods. And yeah, I mean, I, they're not wrong. It's not, it's not going to bring down rents. Right. Like the entire global economy crashing, that might bring down rents. <laughs> yeah. This shit. Well, ironically, no. which happened in Seattle in the 2008 crashes, that the economy collapsing actually caused rents to go up. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, 
you just can't have housing on the market. Like that, that's the problem. Like the market cannot distribute housing. You have to distribute housing via the idea of housing, like as a right, you know? Yeah. Um, well, in this which, point, this, this supposedly progressive plan is just saying, yeah. let's get the market more involved than it is well, now. Yeah. And which they pointed out in the editorial too, like, oh, you know, Saddle has plenty of housing stock or whatever, which in one sense is right. It's like, but it's been, it, that is the condemnation of the market, right? That yeah. it yeah. does have a lot of available housing stock. It's just all, you know, rationed via your ability to pay for it. And they would rather keep it off the market and out of, you know, without people and empty than have somebody pay less than their asking price. Right. And, uh, yeah, that housing should be seized. All housing should be seized. Nobody should be able to have a house. Housing, owning houses was a mistake. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> should be stopped immediately. I think that's totally fair. Seattle is experiencing a housing boom, building tens of thousands of apartments and thousands of subsidized units for low-income residents. What's in truly short supply are houses to own, particularly older homes for first-time buyers. Those struggling to buy and enter the middle class shouldn't have to compete with rental investors. Well, I mean, it's the, it's, it's just gobbledygook. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, None of it means anything. They're not building the, any low-income housing. And the fucking, there is no houses to buy. With the right. No houses, right. There wasn't the, houses to buy 10 years God, ago. Right. The, the real estate is... All, the prices are so ludicrously inflated here beyond all yeah. sanity. Jesus. Like, yeah, you, yeah. you described your fucking double wide. Yeah. Just, just utterly charming, I, I must say. <laughs> but it is a fucking double wide. Yeah. That you pay 600 grand for, right? You know, yeah. I mean, unbelievable. It's it, unbelievable. It's just... It, it's not worth that yeah it the is, land is markets right? the aren't yeah aren't well, yeah but it's like <laughs> yeah well yeah i mean that's that's what you'd be paying for right there right but even the land again, again like right next to a major the, road right next to a trailer dump off right next to a bar like yeah. i mean you know. but that tells you like what we're talking about right there it's right the land's worth it because it's as an investment but it's right. so it's yeah. disc that describes exactly this phenomenon where the supposed market value of a thing is completely disconnected from its fucking use. And yeah. it's purely a speculative yeah. game for the capitalist class. Yeah. Yeah. One, you know, one of the favorite games you can play if you have like relatives or are from out of town, if they're from like anywhere that isn't the <laughs> West Coast or certain areas <laughs> on the East Coast, is just drive around and play the Zillow game of like, guess what that you think that property is worth and just look it up. Right? Yeah. Or my favorite game is anytime you see an apartment complex, look up the efficiency unit of them and ask them to, what they think the monthly rent on it is. But I mean, it is nobody from outside this area looks at this and is like, oh yeah, that's normal. I mean, it is just wildly, grossly overinflated. I mean, we're not at the peak of the bubble. We're like past the peak of the bubble. Like, <laughs> we, we went shot through the top yeah. of the bubble and just yeah. kept accelerating. And uh, I'm sure that nothing bad will happen. I mean, housing prices will only go up. So, you know, <laughs> what, what could possibly go wrong? People literally say that when I start going on a rant about something. We yeah. talked about this, Colin. Actually hearing someone say, post-2008, well, housing... Like seriously, oh, yeah. unironically, well, housing well, no. only goes yeah. up. You know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Nobody, nobody learned anything from. Oh wait. I mean, that's the only people that learned anything was basically like all rich so, people learn they can get away with everything that they want to get away with. Uh, <laughs> it's know, not just a dream that if they will it, it is no dream. The other people who really learned lessons all killed themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. Um. 
Then there's the roughly 350,000 people living in houses today. Most are middle class, including teachers, firefighters, and laborers who bought before prices jumped. Two-thirds of Seattle homeowning households earn less than $150,000 Before year. prices jump, was that the 1980s? Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, what the what fuck the are we talking f- what about? What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Earn less than $150,000 per year, and 42% earn less than 100000 according to a Census Bureau survey. Wow, don't your hearts just go out to mm-hmm. those be normal tough. people? Who make what, like $150,000 is three times well, can, the median income? Well, also, like a lot of those people... And the times are right. They bought it before the housing shift happened. They bought it in 1983, <laughs> and they've been living there forever. And again, there we talk about it on the show. They're like these accidental millionaires in yeah. Seattle who, through no like work or doing of their own, they're just sitting there. You just right said they right bought time. the house yeah, before yeah. they bought at the right low. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, yeah, low. yeah, yeah it's from their, their <laughs> yeah. market genius. But yeah, I mean, these accidental millionaires who feel now that they're like owed this some fucking now. And yeah. It's like, no, no, yeah. not. Well, I mean, when you like, when your like great uncle, the Duke, like mm-hmm. dies unexpectedly along with his heirs, like, and you yeah. inherit like the Duchy of Burgundy, <laughs> <laughs> like, you're gonna you're gonna suddenly you're gonna feel like that's yours to protect now, and you gotta. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna get with that program pretty quick. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, that's, you're gonna fight to the death. Well, this is why homeownership, like, I, uh, unironically, homeownership was a mistake. Like, and this is why is that it turns every individual into this little like money grubbing capitalist, right? And yeah, with aristocratic pretensions. Yeah, right? yeah, this, yeah. Because yeah. this very literally, like, yeah. land ownership. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's this psychological there this uh they're little little petty aristocrats in a capitalist <laughs> market well it's the only reason why anybody who is like makes less than a million dollars a year gives a shit about inheritance right it's like literally just to pass a house down and it's like <laughs> you are getting more fleeced by accepting the system than you would if you just gave up the stupid house <laughs> like you know uh, but yeah, it does turn them into these little, yeah, dukes of the suburbs and, you know, whatever. And it's, it's fucking bullshit. It sucks. Well, upzoning yeah. won't make it easier for them to get by, according to the city's analysis. <laughs> Somewhere right now, a family is earning only three or four times the median income. <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> something must be done is the point. Yeah. yeah. What can we do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, $150,000, especially like anywhere in America that isn't Seattle, is an astounding amount. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If I had a family income of $150,000 in San Antonio, I'd be king of the city. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Tim Duncan would owe me favors. (laughs) (laughs) Those struggling to pay the mortgage can't afford to build costly rental structures either, but it will impact their quality of life and livability of their neighborhoods. I guess just because there will be construction twenty four seven and renters will yeah. be their neighbors now. People with homes who complain about construction are fucking annoying. By the way, <laughs> as if their house just sprouted from the fucking earth one yeah. day, fully formed. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, shut up! But, yeah. yeah. If there's a silver lining, it's this that this uber progressive council no longer hates Amazon. I'm not sh- actually even sure where that. 
Yeah, what, the times just had to fucking that? jam that in there by law. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're basically just. This is like a little victory dance. Is really what this is. Well, this is what the council can do now that they've been slapped down by Jeff, and they realize yeah. that no real reform is possible. Is they're going <laughs> to yeah, engage in a that, bunch of superficial reform. That's what yeah. this. This. Sure. They're the Times is pretending that they think this is bad to because it gins up their like. Homeowner yeah. subscribers, but really they're not on their side. They're those yeah, they are don't the care. marks here, like mm-hmm. they're, oh, yeah. they're and they're like, oh, the bad council. They've you know, but really they're like, yeah, this is a victory for for capitalists everywhere. This is like the yeah, this is right up the times fucking alley. That's what you think. And this is the last paragraph, by the way. I know we're all about ready to Mm. bite into our cyanide capsules. Instead, it's helping big tech by allowing upscale apartments everywhere, despite the impact on today's working class residents and tomorrow's middle class home buyers. So it's helping. (laughs) Yeah, it's helping big tech by making their workers like pay more to rent. It's an interesting concept, but yeah, it's yeah, it's fucking stupid. Just gobbledygook bullshit from the times, and yeah, it's just red meat for their base. And yeah, who gives a shit? Nimbies, nimbies. Oh, this is this is like this is a full on yimby enterprise here, and it's gonna fail yeah i mean it'll fail because if you leave it up to the landlords yeah i mean part of the reason why you have homelessness in cities is if you didn't have homelessness what's the the moral lesson about not paying your landlord (laughs) you know what's the moral lesson about you know fighting you know your bank about mortgages right so yeah it's cool it is cool uh, yeah yeah my last landlord cop um Mm -hmm. I just remember my roommates. Did you like, call him Officer Landlord? Yeah, that sounds like a movie, Landlord Cop. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like the two worst, the two worst classes of people in like one shithead. Um, I repossess things on the side. Yeah, seriously. And like, but I just remember like when they would talk about like raising the rent or wanting us to sign a new a new term lease, which I fucking mm-hmm. hate. I would never do. <laughs> uh, I've n- I'd never done it before. Resign like a lease on a place because I have a lease. It's mm-hmm. called the one I signed like the one year term. But yeah. that's still a lease. Fuck you have the same exact terms. If you never sign a lease and you pay someone, you give someone yeah. a rent check. It's the same fucking thing, except mm-hmm. without a fucking term on it. Um, and I know this. The landlords know this, but um. You know, my roommates just I I'm I would try to like tell them this shit and like they just have this basically the attitude of like, Well listen, this is their house, man. Like, you know, we get they want us to like this is their property. Like we're we're just like lucky to be living here. Yeah. You know? And like so we gotta you know, we gotta play cool with them. Mm-hmm. Um and this would drive me nuts and I would eventually have to give up because it would become a fight, you know? Because like uh, but you can't make some. You can't make. It's like hard to make people understand. Like, first of yeah. all, fuck these people. They're yeah. literal millionaires. Yeah, well, and they're getting a completely passive income from essentially yeah. extorting you. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I did. I said to my roommate, "It's like the, you and me are bums. 
mm-hmm. people were talking about. Let's forget that he's a cop for a minute. Literal millionaire, and he and he says, "Well, yeah, it, if you count equity." Like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, dude? That's exactly what I'm saying. He owns multiple homes in yeah. Seattle, and then. I'm like, then, but they end up wanting to go along because they're like, well, we don't want to start any shit with these people. Like, I'm yeah. like, dude, we are paying them money. Like, yeah. they, they, they're not going to get rid of us. They can't, well, they're they can't not evict doing, us if we keep paying yeah. them money. They're not doing you a favor. You're doing right. them a favor. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And what, but then they'd be like, well, like it's, and they would have, we, they would make us meet with them too. To oh, like talk awful. about these new leases, not just like awful. draw them off. They would make us meet them at a coffee shop. Awful. The husband and wife cop, uh, yeah. and cop and wife <laughs> and wife cop. And, they, and I would be like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like we did like multiple two years. I did this, uh, and go and like sign a new lease and talk about it. And they talk about how like. Uh, you know, we're really worried about the new um, uh, rent control proposals from you know, oh certain my council God. members. <laughs> and I'm going like, oh you're a fucking gosh. idiot. That's, that's not going to pass. And I don't say anything. And like, and then like, like, you know, we're really, you know, we're really, we're really not charging enough for this property. You know, it's really uh, like trying to like make us feel guilty for paying yeah, so little that. rent. Yeah. Fuck that. And I'm just like, I, I, if it was just me, like if it was just me and I was the renter and it wasn't like two other people in this uh, mm-hmm. like social equation, I would just tell them to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I've done it before. Like, <laughs> yeah. cause they'll always come to you and like, want you to sign a new term lease. And I've just gone like many, many times. It's gone. No, that's that's cool. Thanks. See, see you later. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you a check. Yeah, yeah. But what people understand is because these are just they are middle class people. These are sure, it's yeah. not some management company, right? Yeah, yeah. There are people who own a home they live in, and they yeah. own this home that you live in, and probably some others. Okay. Yeah. Um. So they're the landlord class, but the people and they're literal millionaires. But mm. they put, but they you know they also have had jobs in their life, and sure. so you don't think of them as like. Um, the overlord class, but what you got to understand if you're renting right now from somebody like that, that person had a home, a piece of property, and they made a choice to get into the business of providing housing. And that get, and that was their choice. They didn't have to fucking do that. They decided to make money off of you needing a place to live. And that, um means morally speaking your needing a place to live is more important than them needing money yeah and legally also uh you've got a lot of rights there and can yeah. basically tell them to fuck off as long as you keep paying them rent if you have any problem with your landlord by the way go to the tenants union it yeah. is well worth it but yeah i mean uh and you know the position of the landlord like there's a reason why landlords get killed in any social uprising i mean the position of the landlord is total bullshit my previous landlord the home I was living in he, was his mother's home, who, when she died, he inherited it. It was all free, of, you know, it all paid off and everything. And he had another home that his wife had bought, and I was essentially paying their mortgage by living in this home that he had received for free of no work of his own. Yeah. It's like, this is landlordism in America, right? I mean, it's like, I, you know, how can you have sympathy for somebody who just receives a completely passive extortion payment from you? 
for essentially not, I guess, being born into the right family to inherit the housing. <laughs> you know, it's well, fucking like, bullshit. That's one thing, but it's like with these people, it was they like wanted our sympathy or like wanted yeah, to feel yeah, like we yeah. were they were doing like charity by yep. letting us pay so little rent, and like they were like, it, you know, it's hard and it might get harder. What with the new laws yeah. and like, oh, it's yeah. you know, we well, really are struggling. And it's like. Fuck you. You're, this is a business you run. Yeah. And people need to repeat to themselves they need to, about their landlord and about their boss. <laughs> they aren't doing you a favor. You're doing them a favor. Right. That is the essence yeah. of, you know, class in America. Like, you're doing the work. They're getting the benefit. Fuck them. <laughs> like, yeah. you, know, you don't need to help them with anything. All cool. Right, Amen. Wrap up here. I suppose so. Uh, Was well, this episode like two hours now? Yeah, pretty much. Yep. You know, it's hard out here for a landlord. <laughs> we uh, could split this into two. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Uh, it's actually well, only an hour and a half, so it's yeah. it's not that long. It's still split into two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's finish up. I got a piece. So, uh, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Okay, right, so thank you so much for listening. Thank you for uh, your patronage. We appreciate it a lot. Um, we are still trying to rename Brian uh, as a Pokemon, as uh, some your favorite landlord, um, <laughs> or maybe uh, your favorite hiking trail. I don't know. There you go. Or Cryptid, perhaps. Ooh, um, I like that. And if you're a new patron, I can't remember if we already mentioned, there's a bunch more episodes for you to go listen to. So go listen to those and tell your friends because uh, we, we like you. We want more of you. Uh, we like you but we like other people as well our little tenant our little sales suckers tenants grow our polycule (laughs) (laughs) and i think finally um we just started a publication uh online publication arm the seattle suckers picky seattle sucks picayune which is available uh today at https colon forward slash forward Jesus slash okay I'm just gonna put a link in yeah. it's uh forward slash blog off our main domain. yeah seattle.suck slash blog yeah okay thank you until next time bye bye yeah. <laughs>